On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about a meeting of Roethlisberger and Rodgers at Lambeau Field. Steelers coming to town. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, come, touchdown! Unbelievable! Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, yo, yo. yo. Let's go. Week four. Week we, four. in the last six games against the Steelers, have only won once. Do you guys know what that game is? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's uh, 31 plays a big role. Packers scored 31 points. Then they scored 31 again, and then Pittsburgh scored 31. So if you can get to 31, you have a chance of winning this ball game between these two clubs. Oh, sure, 31 would win on Sunday, no problem. It's it's a weird year. We're gonna jump right into it for the Steelers. Uh, they came out guns blazing, beat the Buffalo Bills, who a lot of people had as their dark horse Super Bowl pick, uh, in a, in a fluky game in Buffalo where it wasn't very pretty whatsoever. Then they come home, get beat by the Raiders before losing to the upstart Cincinnati Bengals last week in which the amount of highlights that I saw were Ben Roethlisberger just looks old. And you're going to probably hear that from me about 15 times this episode. Old man Ben, who has a lot of talent around him between Claypool, obviously Juju, Najee Harris is somebody that I'd like to discuss this O-line, though, ain't great, and our defense has progressively gotten better at getting into the backfield and holding strong in the secondary. How do we feel about this Packers defense making yet another step forward? Ooh, you covered it all. I don't I don't think there's anything else to talk about. You hit every position except for maybe uh, Deontay Johnson. I don't think you called out. You know, they're probably number one target guy. So I'll just start there, the the – the pass catchers for the Steelers um, can challenge us. You know, they got Deontay Johnson as the guy that can get open. And then Claypool and Juju seem to be more of like contested catches, but it's a ton in the short pass game. They, they really treat it as an extension of the run, a ton of screen passes to the point that I looked this stat up. Najee Harris coming out of the backfield has been targeted more in the pass game then MVS and Aaron Jones combined for the Packers. He's got 27 targets in the pass game uh, in a short three-game season. He, he looks pretty legit. We'll get to the run game. But I think that's a, an extension of uh, Roethlisberger getting old. The line's not holding up well. They got issues there we'll get into. So the ball comes out of his hand quick. They can't let a pass rush get to Big Ben with how immobile he is right now. So everything comes out quick. So that first level, if we're in a zone, you know, if we're in man, we can play tight and just leave some safeties over the top on the fly routes. But that first level of zone, the linebackers are going to have to be really active and we got to tackle good because they got guys that they got athletes that can break some tackles. Yeah. 
Yeah, you you nailed it on the head. I you know Najee, yes, great athlete. Honestly, I think he's the only guy that can beat us uh, this week. Ooh, yeah, ooh. you know, I, yes, this wide receiver crew, I really like them, but they're young. Depends. Is Kevin you know? King back? Because then put every wide receiver as a guy that can beat uh, us. <laughs> no, he's not back. Um, but. Uh, you're right. Big Ben is just dumping it off. Uh, he's dumping it off to wide receivers. He's dumping it off to running backs. I mean, last week he averaged 5.5 per pass. I mean, that, ugh, that's awful. Um, I mean, even Chase Claypool and I mean, their their longest average per reception was Ray Ray McLeod. Tell me where he went to school. Oh, good old Ray know. Ray. Was he USC? <laughs> no, he was Clemson. Ray Ray was a Clemson boy. Ah, one but, of those cool. Anyways, um, this offensive line is is their weak point. And, and honestly, how our defensive line attacked the ball last week, if we just do the same thing, like we will have no issue rushing Ben Roethlisberger, getting in his face, getting a few sacks, and causing some disruption. I mean, if, if, if our defensive line takes care of business in this game, I mean, unless Najee Harris just pulls magic, you know, magic out of his hat, I, I don't see this offense really bothering this defense. Yeah, I agree. And let's talk about that line. And I'll sort of go in reverse order of, of my notes because I want to end with a guy that comes back to our draft podcast. But their right tackle is questionable, Okoro Four, and he's not practicing right now. So he may not be playing. We know all about tackle issues. I think Elton Jenkins is still not practicing, right? So we're going to have a problem there too. But on the other side, Dan Moore Jr., their starting left tackle, is a rookie. Kevin Dotson at left guard is a second-year guy, and their center is a name that might be familiar for you draft gurus out there, Kendrick Green, the guard out of Illinois, big-body guy that we're all targeting, or we talked about, you know, maybe we could target him in that fourth, fifth-round phase. He's their starting center, and it really looks like he's still finding his footing. The unit as a whole, maybe it's just their youth, but they're really not playing cohesively. They got holding penalties, false starts. They're not holding up well. I would look for Kenny Clark to continue these dominant highlight reels he's putting on film against some good centers uh, when he's got a rookie in front of him and a second year guy at left guard and the tackles are young and injured. Uh, I think we should have some success there. And like Josh said, it's going to be up to the athletes at the skill positions for the Steelers to make some plays. But speaking of athletes, like what does big Ben look like to you guys? <laughs> his age? He, he, he looks like he has no faith in his own physical ability. I mean, he literally looks like he's just getting rid of the ball so he doesn't die on the field. And, and I mean, this is a guy that we're used to seeing get hit and withstand hits in the pocket. And I mean, he's the fastest releasing quarterback right now. No one else gets rid of the ball faster than Big nice. Ben right now. I think Aaron Rodgers was second uh, at the beginning of last week. I don't know where we stand after last week. But I mean, this guy's getting rid of the ball because he doesn't trust what's going up on on in front of him. So, I mean, as long as we cause disruption you'll see more of the same that you've seen on film from these Steelers yeah if you look at it out of his 38 completions last week 32 are within 10 yards he's going short as you mentioned and there was a stat that I was seeing flowing around Twitter that he has the 29th lowest completion percentage when under no pressure which is unbelievable because if you look at that Bengals game the interception he gave up, 
he was throwing into a four versus one scenario when he had actually three different receivers that were open. His his judgment is very tunnel visioned. He is not remotely mobile. And I think Dan brought it up pre podcast talk about how he has more sacks, but has given up less yards because he's only dropping back about six, six yards. And that's, six that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's one of those situations that kind of full circle and, and I guarantee you it's going to be talked about on the broadcast this Sunday is the Steelers didn't go out and draft a a quarterback they have no plan for what happens after right. Ben is done so you know granted Rodgers is in a much better state and knocking wood that continues to go but as we've kind of wrapping up this thing is Najee Harris a beast a hundred percent but he's only averaging three yards a run because he can't get anywhere. He, the line is stuck. And so this is a huge opportunity for Kenny Clark. This is a huge opportunity for our good old boy, Rashawn Gary, to get in the back. Lancaster. Lancaster. Rashawn, who? And, and our secondary just has to be able to withstand all these quick throws they can't be playing seconds. off they can't be worrying about being 10 yards back this this will truly be a difference of uh, joe Barry scheme versus mike penn scheme because if we're playing way way gap off uh, this is not going to go well you know the number one sign of how a, how much that run game is struggling roethlisberger even with everything we're saying about how he looks has thrown 42 more passes than aaron Rodgers has He's thrown 130 attempts in just three games. A, a guy that looks the way he looks. And if you guys haven't seen a Steelers game yet, the listeners here, I, I'll, I'll give you like a metaphor that I thought of as I was watching him play. He looks like the coach that stepped in, like the 55-year-old coach that stepped into practice thinking he still got it. And he takes the ball and like he's not in sync with the offense at all. He tries to get the ball out like on time just to prove that, you know, this is how you throw the ball in cadence and in sync with your receivers. But it's not accurate and it just looks like a wounded duck. There's going to be some errant balls. So I think it's on the safeties to sort of play that roaming uh, role, like maybe bring Savage a little close to the box, drop Amos back and just play that that deep safety. Let's try to make some plays because the other Roethlisberger pick against the Bengals was just directly to a linebacker. He had a chance to scramble and he was just like, nah. And he just threw it down the middle of the field right into a linebacker's chest. So beyond that, I think the only guy we hadn't talked about is Fryermuth, the the young tight end out of Penn State. Uh, he looks promising, but with all these other issues they got across the offense, are you guys concerned about him doing much? No, no. I mean, he'll get his catches. He'll get a couple yards. I mean, he might get one good play like uh, Kittle did last week. But, I mean. Yeah, he got his first touchdown last week. So they're starting yeah. to find ways to target him. But I like the way we, we matched up against Kittle. I mean, that's one of the top tight ends in the league. So Chan mm-hmm. Sullivan got a lot of reps over him, actually. And I, I kind of like that that one-on-one matchup. I don't think they're going to score that much. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, because Let's it's it's go. they have the talent, and that's the crazy thing is they really do have mm-hmm. talent. But when you don't have a line and you don't have a quarterback that's necessarily playing it, and you listen to any interview that this team has given over the last week, they're so sick of hearing about this offense struggling that I wouldn't be surprised if somehow this week they put it all together, they do a little trickery, they do whatever they possibly can just to no. make something on this offense. So. Let's talk about our offense, who MVS has been held out with a little bit of uh, his hammy issues. Jones was taking a little breather this week as well. Um, How do we feel about 
the Steelers, who are historically defensively minded, going against this Packer offense that the last two weeks in particular had been clicking. Yeah, you know, last week we saw some people get beat up. You know, San Francisco plays a really rough game on their defensive side, and we're going to see more of that this this week. So, I mean, if we come out of this with just, you know, some bruises like we did last week and nothing really serious, uh, that'll be a miracle. Uh, this, this defense is very aggressive, especially in the run game. Uh, they currently rank 10th in the least number of rushing yards per game with 88. So, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to get the run game going. Um, I, I hope we do a little bit more A.J. Dillon in this mix um, and really mix and match Jones and Dillon pretty well in this game just to prevent the hits on Jones. Um, now, with that said, we need to focus on play action in the screen again. I mean, it's been working with these aggressive defensive lines. And you can see how fast they come at Rodgers. Everybody wants to sack Rodgers. It's in there. It's probably in like their uh, what bucket list, you know, sack Aaron Rodgers in a game. You know, they they breathe for that stuff. So if we can take that out of the especially the first quarter to just slow down that defensive pass rush that they will have coming from the linebackers, safeties and defense alignment. They are very aggressive and just drop it underneath to some tight ends, some running backs. It'll just relieve the stress of the beginning of the game and, and get us on a good start. I think you started on the right topic, and it has to do with the health of these two units and the injury report. And the Packers, like on our offensive side of the ball, you bring up A.J. Dillon, he became a limited participant as of Thursday's practice, and he wasn't even listed on Wednesday. Aaron Jones is limited. Uh, Josh Myers is on there as a full participant, but he banged up his finger. Uh, MVS not participating with a hamstring. We're going to need to be healthy because – like you said, this is a prideful veteran unit with a lot of guys, and they just haven't been healthy for the last two weeks. When they had a little more of a full unit against the Bills, they played well. T.J. Watt gets injured. Alex Highsmith, a linebacker that they're counting on, uh, gets injured. But they got Cam Hayward up front. They still got Minka Fitzpatrick, a top safety in the league. Joe Hayden is a nice quarter. Devin Bush, Rome in the middle of the field as an athletic middle linebacker. They're all trending towards being on the field from the sounds of it. Uh, and those are guys that, you know, like you said, I, I completely agree with everything you said. And I don't think it has to get more analytical than this. This is going to be a prideful veteran unit that needs to show out to the media that they still got it. And it's almost like backs against the wall and, and they're going to come out fighting. So if you go up quick like you did against the Niners, you need to keep your foot on the gas pedal. You, you can't let up in this situation. These guys 100. are going to fight tooth and nail. Yep. And hey, guys, just like we hoped, uh, Joe Schobert will be playing in Lambeau this year. And TJ Watt. <laughs> and TJ, all the linebackers that they wanted. Surprise, they end up on a different team. <laughs> I'm yeah, kind of bummed. Think, he looks weird in 93, number 93. Yeah. You pick and choose your battles. Um, he'll look great. He'll look great out there. I hope everybody Probably. has fun. Uh, <laughs> I just want the boys to have fun. <laughs> I, the person that I'm kind of circling on this offense to have kind of a breakout game this year in terms of what he's done thus far is Alan Lazard. This seems like a game that he can take advantage of it, especially if MVS is not available. This seems like an opportunity where 
you know, Devontae does his things. The backfield does their things. I would hope that Tunyon even gets a little bit more action than, than he has been. But Lazard seems like a guy that has the ability to dissect this team and kind of this beautiful uh, space area that they, they're going to give him. And I hope he takes advantage of it. Foose, you're right. We had the same guy. I, oh. I have Alan Lazard. I, I think because of what Devontae and Rodgers have done these past two weeks, I mean, it, I don't even understand how teams aren't doubling on Devontae every game or every play at this point. So I think the Steelers attack Devontae and Rodgers and force Rodgers to go elsewhere, especially if MBS doesn't suit up, which I don't think he will. Um, you know, it, it, it'll leave it'll leave these other wide receivers to prove themselves in with, with some decent cornerback play. They're very good at man coverage. Uh, Sutton, you know, from Tennessee, decent corner, you know, nothing, nothing to write home about, but he, he knows how to cover people. So it'll be, I have Alan Lazard on the board though. I do. I love that you guys brought up Alan Lazard because I also, I wanted to call out him. And this other gentleman who is not going to be anyone's MVP because there's probably no statistical production coming from him, but they've been studs in the run game, in the blocking scheme, and it's Mercedes Lewis on the other side of that coin. Uh, and he's going to be crucial here when you got backup third string tackles, guys that we thought weren't, weren't even going to make the active roster or, you know, or the practice squad. That's so true. Actually on the field, Mercedes Lewis was one-on-one blocking DNs against the 49ers. And mm-hmm. so, to, so to have that kind of guy that's also enough of a threat that you need to you know know that he can run a route as well. He's, that's he's not, a great call-out. That you know, is a great call-out. 40 yards downfield, but you look against the defense that's getting Highsmith back, getting Watt back, Hayward's going to be in the middle. They're going to be rotating those guys all over the line of scrimmage. Mercedes Lewis is going to get a lot of reps this week. Even with how the game plan was last week, with how we were chipping the defensive ends, and then you know sometimes staying in, sometimes going out like that, I expect to see more of that. I mean, like these, these young offensive linemen, they need help, and, and if you can give them a chip, I mean that goes a long way in the NFL. And and Lazard's the wide receiver version of of that blocking ability. So how many tackles by Alan Lazard on kickoff coverage unit? Everyone, the everyone need to know. <laughs> I will be looking to see who's the first one to sprint down there. <laughs> you know, his ass is going to be first. <laughs> I love it. So let's get into some predictions for a wonderful afternoon football game at Lambeau Field between the Steelers and the Packers. So right. let's let's have you go first. Oh, you you never right. get let's to go it. first. Let's, let's let the host. So, uh. I just irrationally high confidence for this game. I just truly think the Packers defense has steadily gotten better. The offense has found their groove. And I just look at the Steelers team and, you know, their entire wide receiver crew was on the the injured report at some point during this week. Their O-line is horrible. Everything that we mentioned helps us out. Our our pass rush hasn't been the greatest. Well, guess what? Let's face a team that has no O-line. You know, it just it seems like all the pieces are together and I am going to make this proclamation tonight. We are going to go undefeated this year in Lambeau. We are going to truly make it a home field advantage once again. And that obviously will not change this week. I have Packers 30 to 13 over the Steelers. I just think it's a runaway freight train kind of game where there is a whole lot of people in Western Pennsylvania that are questioning what the hell happened to their Steelers and why aren't they going to win this AFC division like they always do. 
And my MVP, I'm going to switch it. It's not Alan Lazard. I'm going to say Mr. Savage. Not only because, A, I think he's going to get an interception, but, B, I would like to see him continue his individual open space tackling that he's been doing. The Kittle tackle uh, in particular last week was amazing that he came up and just took care of Kittle one-on-one, mano-a-mano, and mm-hmm. won it. He's going to have to do that again this week with who that they have in terms of Claypool, whether it is Najee Harris coming out of the backfield. He's going to have to tackle as well as use his hands for interceptions. You know, and and I think he has the best hairdo on the team. I, I love those short treads that he has sticking out of the helmet. Good <laughs> good call, Savage. That's the analysis we needed. Can we just put that on record? Ryan just said in a two-month span, the Green Bay Packers are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks, the Los Angeles Rams, the Cleveland Browns, and the Minnesota Vikings, all home games. Mm-hmm. Right now. Woo. Just right now. That's a good team. Let's talk next week, though. We don't know what his take will be next week. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll jump in because I think to, to add on to the schedule talk, I think it's crucial that we get the next three games. When when I did the schedule prediction, I said we can be five and one coming in through week six, and then I had us more like two and four or three and three through the next six games, the middle third, essentially. We still have every chance to take the next three, Steelers, Bengals, and Bears. And and if if we can handle our business here, I think I have a little different version of the game in my head, Ryan. But it, it's going to be I'm almost going to be watching like uncomfortable for the entire game. And it's it's what I talked about where they're kind of a wounded animal backed into a corner right now. And there's just too much pride and talent on that team. And and defensive MVP is getting healthy playing in their home state that they're going to come out swinging. So I think it's actually going to be an ugly game to watch. It's going to be a frustrating defensive battle. I think those are the the two better units on each football team as of now. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. For the Packers, it's the offense, but going against a good defense. And then our average to who knows what it is defense against the Steelers' underperforming offense. So I think it will be a defensive battle. Lower scoring, I got like 24 to 20 range. That That's the under in the Vegas spread. And like I talked about, I think the interior of that offensive line is bad. I think Kenny Clark put some highlight plays out on out on the Twitterverse uh, the last couple of weeks, and I think he's going to make a couple splash, splash plays here, whether it's bringing down Big Ben or just forcing like an ugly screen that your boy Devondre Campbell can go pick off. I think Kenny's going to cause some problems. Yeah, yeah, I'm right on board with you boys. I, I think the Packers win. <clears throat> I think it's more going to be an offensive battle. And and the only reason is I think the Packers get out early and I think we control most of the game. I think the Packers, you know, there's no question they're going to win. Um, But like we've been saying, these Steelers, the Steelers offense has something to prove and they have a lot of weapons. So I, I, I'm interested to see if we're up big in the fourth, what Joe Barry's uh, fourth quarter prevent defense looks like. Um, are we going to give up yards like we have in the past and let people make it look like it was a game when it wasn't? Or are we just going to continue to handle business like we did in the first three quarters? I, I really think that we should um, handle uh, their offensive line on our defensive side uh, without a question. And, and when you can do that uh, in any NFL game, you should win the game. Um, MVP, I'm going Alan Lazard. I truly feel like uh, MVS won't be out there. So, I mean, it's a chance for him and Cobb. I mean, Cobb's going to have some more opportunities. 
um, to really uh, shine uh, because the eyes are on Devontae right now. What he has done the past two weeks has been insane. Um, what, how he is just juking out three people at one time. I mean, it, it, it's fun to watch. Um, but eventually defenses will have to put two bodies on him to slow him down because, I mean, you can't let him and Rodgers just have, you know, the field at their own will. Um, but Allen, I think he's going to come out with like seven catches, 80 yards, one touchdown. Wish he'd have two, but there's just too many weapons on our offense that it, Aaron will always spread it around. So Packers winning, baby. Woo! That'd be a big day from Lazard. I think Devontae's on one because he heard – the Packers aren't willing to pay him more than DeAndre Hopkins, and he's like, I'll show you who's better. <laughs> he's just going off. Hopefully he's healthy because the numbers at the end of the year could just be insane. I mean, I really want to watch back like Jerry Rice prime years and stuff now that we have this year of Devontae on film. I mean, wh- how he's running his routes, how quick his feet are, it, it, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Tough to compare to Jerry Rice for the longevity, but I know what you mean. Prime against prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, we we have made a lot of uh, we've made a lot of decisions on this podcast towards the end of records and individual matchups, and I think we all need to it. go back and listen to the podcast immediately <laughs> following the Saints game and just humble ourselves for a minute. Nah, How homerish are we right now? Like <laughs> yeah. I do think it's going to be closer and lower scoring than you guys, but we'll see. Time will tell on Sunday. So I'll do it for this episode. We will catch everybody next week when hopefully we have all good news coming out of week four. But until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.